Welcome to Sweet Seats, episode 26. I am T Rat. Here I am with today Noah Perello. Hello. Lyndon Potter. How are we doing? And Ben Shadle. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about March Madness. And let's start off by talking about Gonzaga versus Arkansas. What do we think about this game? I got Gonzaga. Um, uh, yeah, I got Gonzaga. Uh, I don't think they'll make it 100% far, but I just think that so far they've played really well in the tournament and uh, overall, and I have Gonzaga here. You know, honestly, I'm going with the must-bus. You know, Gonzaga hasn't proved it to me. You know, they beat, they had a close one with Memphis, who's obviously a tougher team, like, physically and build-wise, but the must-bus, their team, their team just rolls, like, they they didn't they didn't have the best uh, offensive shooting performance against New Mexico State. They kind of just they like both teams kind of dribbled the ball back and forth and didn't really make shots. But this Arkansas team is very good, very underrated SEC. And Gonzaga doesn't even play in a real conference. Honestly, they play two teams that aren't in one of the Power Six conferences. So I expect I expect you know a real real Power Six conference team like Arkansas to take it to the end. I think it'll be a very close game. But I see Arkansas winning this one. I see, I see this also being a pretty low-scoring game. You know, Arkansas was held to 53 last week, and then Gonzaga has been going up against mediocre defenses. I feel like this one will uh, actually be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I have to agree with you guys on that one, just because I mean, Gonzaga they were Memphis was hanging them with them for the most like majority of the game. It was close, and. I think Arkansas can come out with the win just because, I mean, Chet Holmgren, that whole game, he didn't really play that well. I mean, it was mostly Timmy scoring, like, majority of the point. He had a great game. And Gonzaga's going to really have to rally together if they're going to have to beat Arkansas because Arkansas is going to bring it. But, I mean, next let's talk about Duke versus Texas Tech. What do we have for that? I I have Duke. (laughs) Uh, Michigan State fan, uh, you know, just watching that game this weekend, Duke didn't even play that well, and they – they beat Michigan State pretty well handily. I mean, they had a, a lot of a lot of iffy shots and everything. Uh, Paolo Branchero, he needs to play better, obviously, but it just I, I have Duke here. They're one of the best teams in the tournament, and I have them beating even Gonzaga next round. If there's something we've learned so far in this tournament, gentlemen, Coach K ain't done, and he's not going out without a banger. I could see them blowing out Texas Tech here. Now, everyone needs to calm down because Texas Tech is probably one of the most complete teams in this tournament. I, I'd say on both sides of the ball, you know, they're very good. They've had success in the years past. And this Coach K retirement tour, it's been too much. Like, he's just such a self-absorbed guy for, like, all the crappy stuff he's done in the past years that he has what he has coming to him, you know. He did have the two seed. He does have one of the best teams in the nation. But this Texas Tech team is a lot better than people think. Notre Dame was a tough team, don't get me wrong, and they only won by six. But if you really watched that game, you'd understand why Texas, why that game was so close. This Texas Tech team can run it with anybody, and I think they advanced to the Elite Eight. Well, I mean, I have to agree with you on that just because, I mean, yeah, Duke is really, really good. They got the Coach K retirement thing going on. They have energy. But Texas Tech, year after year, every tournament has just been tough, solid every single year. People every year, for whatever reason, underrate them, but they're just tough. And I think if one team's going to bring it towards Duke, it's going to be Texas Tech. But yeah, next, let's talk about North Carolina versus UCLA. Oh boy, um, I I have UCLA. Uh, it just a higher seed, higher ranking, better better team overall. I don't think that North Carolina has what it takes to defeat UCLA. I think UCLA is going to win this one pretty handily. 
Benny, I'm going against you again. North Carolina is probably the hottest team out there right now. I mean, if we saw they were up 25 points to Baylor until Manic got uh, ejected, probably one of the, like some of the worst officiating I've ever seen. But, I mean, this team, like, they just can't be stopped. I don't see any reason. This UCLA team, they're pretty good, but, you know, they have their spots where they just don't hit their shots. And, you know, they played a very good St. Mary's team and, like, killed them. But if they have a down game and this UNC team is still going and going and going, I don't see anyone stopping this UNC team, uh, especially on, especially between Purdue and St. Peter's, who they play in the Elite Eight if they won. Got to agree with you, Perillo. This team, this the final scoreboard of 93 to 86 doesn't show how much North Carolina whooped Baylor. I think they're going to do it again against UCLA. I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on that one. For this game, I'm going UCLA just because, I mean, North Carolina has played well multiple games in a row and not very often do you see a team in March Madness just blow teams like in a row like many many times UCLA last year they lost and they've probably the most winning I think they have the most NCAA championship wins out of any team and I think this year they're going to use that energy just to go for that win. And I think they're going to beat North Carolina. But you got to remember, UNC is no just normal team. They're a blue blood. They're a blue blood in college yeah. basketball. Well, first year and, without and Roy it, Williams, yeah. And, and it's hard to kill a blue blood. The, the, they're eight seed. Like they, they do play in the ACC, which, is kind of, which has been very underrated all season, I'd say. I don't think the ACC got the credit they deserved. And this UCLA team, the Pac-12, is easily the worst conference. And that's very important when looking at – the tournament is where they play in the conference, who they're playing in the majority of their games, because you can you can beat like you can have all these wins, but if you're playing crappy competition in season and you get that four seed, but you're not as good as people think and you're not playing the competition that other teams are playing, this UNC team, like just to go into overtime, like one seeds usually all like when they come back they don't let up. This Baylor team. This Bay, like, I thought, like, it was over by the time uh, they went into overtime, but UNC just showed that, like, even if blowing 25 points and going into overtime with momentum switching, they can still go out and hit their shots. Yes, you're, you're right there, but next let's move on. We got Purdue versus St. Peter's. What hey, do we think here? One thing I've learned in this tournament, gentlemen, don't rock with the Peacocks. They're coming in strong. They – Guys, they took out Kentucky. That might have been the biggest college March Madness upset in history. If we really look at the amount of spending St. Peter's does, uh, Kentucky spends 12.5 times the amount of money on their program uh, over St. Peter's. Uh, St. Peter's home stadium, smaller than Lake Orion High School, the Coliseum. Guys, this team, something about them. Something about them. I think they're going to go far. And, you know, they've also beat this Murray State team, which, Perla, I know you were very hot on. Well, I thought Murray State was the toughest team in this tournament. I thought they just played physical. Like, they just had that swagger and that toughness to them where they just beat up team and super physical. But these boys from Jersey, they, they showed they show they're a more physical team. Like, they, they, like, the coach has been saying it all week. They have kids on their team that think they can play at Kentucky, Kansas, like all these top ten. They probably think they can play at Purdue. So they're not they, – they play with a chip on their shoulder. I have St. Peter's winning this one. I can't – you got to roll with the Peacocks. You can't go against them. I mean, Purdue has shown to let, have many letdown spots through the season, too. So, a tough, like, even with Ivy and uh, that 7-4 kid, I'm blanking on his name, Edie or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think you just got to roll with the Peacocks. They're way too tough of a team. 
Exactly. I got to ride with the Peacocks here. I got to ride with the Peacocks here. Just and not even the fact that I think that they're going to win. I want them to win at this point. I'm rooting for them to win at this point because it's the second year in a row. 15 seeds made it to the Sweet 16 with Oral Roberts making it last year. It's just it's 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 a great Cinderella story. Everyone loves them. I love it. I I'm got to ride the Peacocks here. Go yeah. St. Peter's. I'm gonna have to agree with you guys on that one. I mean, every year in March Madness, nobody really knows who is going to be at the start, but. There's that one team that's the super low seed, and they knock all these high seeds out. And it's game after game. Before, it's been Loyola, Chicago. And this year, it's St. Peter's, the Peacocks. And I think if Purdue doesn't bring it, then there is a very good chance that they are going to lose and they're going to get knocked out because St. Peter's has beat multiple good teams. And I think compared to like years prior, where there's only been like one or two 15 seeds that have made it to the Sweet 16, their luck usually runs out by this time. Because I kind of think there's always been a, a gimmick to like listening. Like FGCU was Dunk City, like, and soon enough they just get too tired. They're like, yeah, they're athletic, but they can't really do anything else. This St. Peter's is a complete team. They they just they just play with a passion and grit that other teams don't play with. And I think lining up against Purdue, who's a team that has shown that like they have a ton of they have a ton of NBA talent. They have a ton of talent all around, big guys, but they just don't play well together. Like they don't they don't seem together that well. So if going to against a more complete team, like may uh, bury their chances. Now, do you think that what led to the St. Peter's success is the fact that uh, no one saw them coming, so no one really prepared for them? And then when they beat Kentucky, Murray State didn't have like any opportunity to to really scout them. You know, when they expected full heartedly they're going to play Kentucky, and on the scouting report they're probably looking up Kentucky players. And now all of a sudden they have to play St. Peter's in a matter of like two days. Do you think that led to their success and how they went under the radar? And now they have to play Purdue, and it's not till Friday. Purdue has plenty of time to look over this team, maybe find that gimmick that Perillo was talking about, and really uh, find their weaknesses. Yeah, that's a good point, Lennon. But we're going we're to have to move on to the next game. I say this game is two teams that are both were very underrated coming into the tournament. We have Iowa State versus Miami. Jesus, think, I, 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 I hate this matchup. I had Auburn as my national champions. <laughs> I, this, this sucks. Uh, I mean, Miami has played unbelievable. So has Ohio, uh, Iowa State. But I, I, I got to go Miami here. It just it, it, it sucks. I hate this round. I hate this, uh, this matchup. Yeah, uh, this game's being uh, held in Chicago. The Windy City against the Cyclones and the Hurricanes, brother. What beats a Cyclone? A Hurricane. Got to go with Miami. Honestly, I might have to flip a coin for this one. Iowa State, you know, had two wins last year, and they somehow turned it around of 22 wins right now. And, like, they got a bunch of players in the transfer portals. Miami, I don't know much about them. I didn't hear much about them. I know they play in the ACC. That's really all I know about them. They're just, like, they're a team. They're a 10 seed. So, they're pretty good, and they beat Auburn pretty handedly. It looked like they knew what they're doing, but I have to go Iowa State. This Iowa State team just has too many transfers from really good teams that are really good players that I think that they'll find their stroke and and beat Miami. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams, I'll be honest, I don't really care for for whatever reason. They're both just underrated or whatever. They're not most exciting teams I would say but they both I'll give them credit they hustle they're both great defensively but I mean yeah at the end of the day I don't really care who wins this one but if I had to pick one team I'm gonna have to go with Miami and next we got Kansas versus Providence what do we think here oh boy I'm gonna go Kansas um I I think that Providence is overrated uh Kansas is a one seed uh I have them going far in the tournament 
Uh, Providence is just overrated in general, in my opinion. I don't, they're kind of like Gonzaga. They're just they don't really not not a, that good of a team to be a four seed personally. So I think I think Kansas has this one. Benny, we're just not we're just not on the same page. Wow. We're we're just not on the same page. I have Providence all year. I didn't think Kansas would even make it out the second round, and they almost didn't. They had a very tough game against Creighton, who who had one of their best players out, who who got injured in the San Diego State game. Creighton was like an alligator blood team. They just don't go away. But this Providence, when it comes to just like Providence, people say they're overrated just because they've been probably one of the luckiest teams. But you know, when you're a lucky team, I, there's nothing you can do about it. Like you're just like you just like have that thing. You get that luck. You get those calls. You make you make the shots and you win the game. Like and uh, the, you don't have to be skilled if you got luck on your side. I think this Kansas team was probably the weaker of the uh, one seeds. I guess not as weak as Baylor, but I don't think anywhere close to Zona or Gonzaga. And I think Providence just has a lot. Keep rolling. Goes the Elite Eight. Yeah, I like the, I like this Providence team. I think Kansas kind of got exposed against Creighton. Maybe this isn't the program that they've been in years prior. You know, only a uh, quick math, seven-point game. I think they really did get shown, you know, it's the real dogs, and this number one seed may not be uh, all that we think it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to go with Kansas on this, but I don't think Providence will be a blowover for them. But I think the energy carrying over for the last game where they didn't perform at their best, I think it might push them to have a better performance in this game and show that they deserve the one seed and that they're going to move on. And next, I think, Perillo, you're going to love this discussion here. we got Michigan versus Villanova. What do we think here? You, you know uh, I'll, I'll take it first. I did, I did pick Villanova to win the championship. But, you know, bracket aside, it's already busted. So I have to go with the Wolverines. I mean, you got to run with your guys. This team this team has obviously shown that just, like, they've hit their stride and they're better than the 11 seed, even though a lot of people said they don't deserve. A lot of Michigan State, Ohio State fans that uh, aren't even in the Sweet 16 told nice. telling me all week, all month, they don't even deserve to be in the tournament. They don't deserve to be where they are. Well, they obviously showed they did, you know. They, I'd say, I'd say this game against Tennessee was one of the best I've seen out of this Michigan team uh, all year, and they just showed that they can run with the best of them. Villanova, I think the one thing they have over Villanova is Dickinson, just having a seven-one center who just hits shots like the, like it's a lab who can hit a like long hook shot like it's just like like a putback dunk is just like going to be huge. And Villanova has that senior leadership in Gillespie and. Uh, Archie Akino, but who's been there? Who both of them been there forever? And Michigan Villanova is a heated, uh, heated March Madness uh, game. But you know this might be the year. Michigan, Michigan, they're rolling, so I can't go against them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a repeat of the national championship that happened a couple years ago. Villanova won. I, I have Michigan here. I'm going to be honest. I, I've had Michigan losing every single round, so I'm hoping this time now that I have Michigan, they actually lose. Uh, but go to back to your point on Dickinson. If he's on this game. He's unstoppable. He's you, you can't. I. You, I mean, you watch the past couple of games. They've done everything they can to stop him against that game in Tennessee, and he he scores. He scores almost every time. So if he's on, they win. Guys, uh, Perillo talked about uh, some people thinking Michigan shouldn't even be in the tourney. He's talking about me. Yeah, I, you know, I had this team to. I had Michigan to win the tournament. Uh, I'm talking the NIT uh, just a couple weeks ago. I don't think this team. Uh, I don't like them. But they're good, so I'm kind of at a crossroads. I'm gonna just say Villanova. Uh, I don't like the I don't like the Mason Blue. Listen here, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna agree with Perillo. I'm a Michigan guy, 
And coming into the tournament, people didn't even think Michigan should be here like Linden. They think they should have just not even been in the tournament. And they've beat Colorado State, and they just won their last they won their last game. And now people say, well, their last games that they played, they weren't good mashups. I mean, Michigan State, like people, other fans that like Michigan State and Michigan are like, well, we, we were a better seed and we still played better teams. And that's why we got knocked out and it wasn't fair. Well, now Michigan actually has a competition. They ha- they're playing a good team. They're playing a good Villanova team. And if they beat Villanova, that's going to show people that Michigan is the real deal. They're in the tournament for a reason. And if they win, I think that they have a chance to carry on the momentum and win the whole thing. Also, I'd like to put down the narrative that Michigan had an easy – uh, path to the Sweet 16, because that is just absolutely blasphemous. First off, you got to look at the 60 Colorado State. David Roddy has been considered one of the best players in college basketball. And like to say, just because like they're in the Mountain West and like Colorado State, which the Mountain West is probably like the worst uh, basketball conference when it comes to the tournament, David Roddy was still one of the best players in the nation. Like He's still very good. And you have to look, they came back from down 15. And, th- and then there's this Tennessee team, and there's like, Oh, they're only there because they, they're only a three seed because they uh, did good in the SEC tournament. No, like teams, like people were saying this Tennessee team, like all over everywhere, that this team was way better. They should have been a two seed. They could have even been a one seed. They're ranked fifth in the AP poll. And they still, and Michigan had some struggle almost late, but they pulled it together and like beat them handedly. So the narrative that Michigan had an easy path to the Sweet 16 is just blasphemous. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Michigan definitely paved their own road against this Tennessee team who, uh, don't forget, friend of the show, uh, Kent Gilbert was on that team, so clearly they got some dogs. May not have started, may not have gotten any minutes, but I know if he would have, it would have been a different ballgame, though. Yeah, well, you never know. And here real quick, let's move on. We got Arizona versus Houston. What do we think here? Arizona. Not even close. Arizona. I had Houston going out first round against UAB. They shocked me, obviously. Uh, but Arizona, I don't think it's even close here. I'm not going to trust Ben in his picks. He just said he had Houston losing to UAB. I'm going to pick uh, Arizona as well, though. Well, you got – I mean, there's got to be something about this class that just changed your mind because Houston is just – Houston is just a team. If any of you guys watched that Arizona – if any of you guys stayed up and watched that Arizona TCU game, this Arizona team – uh, Benedict Matherin is probably the best player on the court, but other than that, like they, it's going to be tough to, for Arizona to find shots to hit when he doesn't have the ball. This Houston team on the offensive side and defensive side are, are some of the best in the nation. Sometimes they don't mesh well together, but Houston is another one of those teams, a tournament team where they just like they just put it together. They get in your face. They're manly. They're strong. They're big. And Arizona plays in the Pac-12. I don't like the Pac-12 very much. I think they're weak. And although I do love Mather and I do love the center, oh, some starts with a no for sure. But this Houston team is just so complete. I could see them win this game by five to ten points. Just here's the thing with this game. We all know Arizona is a powerhouse, and we've known that from the start. But somehow. This Houston team that's a pretty good team has made their way to play Arizona. And at the end of the day, every team is beatable. And if there's one team, that, in my opinion, that can beat Arizona with the momentum they got right now, I think it could be Houston. I still have Arizona winning, but could they lose? Yes. It's, it's going to be a close game anyways. If whoever wins, it's going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout or anything like that. 
Well, Our, it all depends on Coloco and Mather, and they're really the only two pieces that that Arizona team has. They're really the only two pieces that really do anything. This Houston team is just so complete that, I mean, I mean they got what? Sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Moore and Shad are a nice uh, backcourt on the team. I think, I think if Matherin can't guard one of them, yeah, they'll give the ball the other one. He'll go shoot and score. Yeah, and let's see here. I'm going to move on to the next topic here just real quick. NFL draft. First pick, Jacksonville. There's many good prospects in the draft, but all of them, who's going first? I got Evan Neal. Evan Neal, they need offensive line uh, for Trevor Mo- for Trevor Lawrence. They need offensive line, uh, and Evan Evan Neal is the perfect prospect. You know, you got uh, Akeem, you got the uh, North Carolina State guy, and he's a boomer bust pick. I think you go Evan Neal, you get the safe pick, you get the guy that's going to come out and produce immediately no matter what, Evan Neal. Man, you said Jacksonville needs <clears throat> Who'd you pick, by the way? I forgot. Evan Neal. They need a lot of positions down there in Jacksonville. They're overpaying receivers. they got to get a guy, a good guy for cheap right now for the next four years so they can trade him away and cut cap in the future. Kevin Thibodeau is going to fill that position. Really, whoever Jacksonville picks, it's not going to matter in the long run. They're going to lose. Or he's going to get cut or he's going to get traded. Kevin Thibodeau, I hope, wish him the best, but Duval County's not going to do him good, but he's going first overall. I think they will pick Evan Neal, even though they did just sign uh, that Tennessee all-pro tackle, I believe. or some, It was someone all-pro tackle, very good. But I do see them picking Evan Neal. If I were them, I would pick Kayvon Thibodeau. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is the best player in this draft. I think if he went to Bama, he'd be the consensus first overall pick. But he went to the Oregon, played in the Pac-12, and he was hurt half the season. And I, I think just like – and it's – He's just really an athletic freak. He's freaky fast, but they will pick Evan Neal most likely. I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I mean, Jacksonville, like Lennon said, they need a lot of stuff. And if there's one thing you need to start off with in Jacksonville, you need an offensive lineman. But there have been rumors around that Jacksonville might go with a crazy pick and take Hutchinson at one. And if they do that, what do the Lions do? Do we move back and try to get another pick? and try to get like somebody like a Jordan Davis or someone like that? Or do we keep the pick and just take somebody? Like, what do we do there? Take Thibodeau. I say if he's on the board, you got to grab him. I, I agree, yeah. I agree. You know, I'm big Michigan guy. I love Michigan, but I don't think Hutch. Hutch is powerful, but I just don't think he has that speed. I think he can make plays, but I just don't know. He didn't fare well against Georgia. And he got he got bodied pretty much. I mean, who knows how he's gonna fare? I think Kayvon Thibodeau is definitely the pick for the Lions if he's there. Well, let me, let me just say one more thing as well. If the Lions are on the if the Lions are on the clock and uh, Hutchinson is up, they're gonna take Hutchinson. He's he's home here. He's used to the cold weather and everything. They're gonna take Hutchinson. There's no one else. In, there shouldn't even be anyone else on the draft board. It should be Hutchinson, 100 percent. Hutchinson. I mean, here's the thing. Every single year in the NFL draft, somebody comes out of the draft just looking like an idiot. And a lot of people have said this year, just with the Lions picks in the past, that it could be the it could be the Lions. I mean, the Lions have three of the top 34 picks. If they mess this draft up, that just says a lot about the organization because we need to have these picks go well, especially with our future and everything with Dan Campbell. We just signed DJ Chark. We need to have these picks go well. Yeah, well, like, picking two tight ends in the top ten, like, within five years of each other, definitely isn't a very good look on the franchise. 
But I think Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are, are doing something different. Yeah, I different think, duo, yeah. I, I think there's just, like, a switch. There's, I like, you know, they're still the same old lines, but there has been a switch in culture. It seems like the players want to play for Dan Campbell. If you look back at the games, there are a lot of close games. Hopefully it'll get better before it gets worse again. You never really know. And it's also, like, who knows? Maybe we could pick Hutch, we could pick Neil, we could pick Thibodeau, and maybe it just doesn't matter because – if we get a young player to the lines, their career is just wasted before it even starts. And maybe that's just why, like, maybe with this culture change that any player we pick will be very good in the NFL. And if not, like, it'll be the same old lines and obviously nothing will change and no pick we pick will go right. I mean, yeah, you're right there. But am I having this different with Hutchinson in this draft with, uh, than a lot of people is, I mean, he played college here in Michigan. Everybody knows who he is. Everyone loves him. He's used to everything here. And if there's one player that wants to come to Detroit, it's probably Hutchinson and anyone that goes to the University of Michigan or if it's Michigan State or something like that. And next, let's talk about probably the best QB coming out in the draft, Kenny Pickett. What do we think about him? Where's he going? How's, how's he going to do? I don't know. I don't know really where he's going to go. I don't know what teams are looking for a QB, but I personally believe Malik Willis is better than Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, I love Kenny. I'm a Pitt. Pitt's my second team ever since they played in the quick lane bullet forward field. But Kenny Pickett's hands are just way too small. And I know I know everyone makes fun of that, but that is a true, that is a very true fact that when a QB's hands are too small, they fumble the ball. Their car probably has the smallest hands in the league and he fumbles the ball way more than any other quarterback like and it's just like stats have been proven but I mean Kenny Pickett he does have two gloves on maybe that'll help him I think he'll be late first round I, I think he'll be pretty good but I say I have Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett yeah I, I love Molt season I love I love Kenny Pickett but again I gotta go Malik Willis was, was the top quarterback here do you guys see his throw it at his pro day was at 60, 70 yards? That's really, really impressive. Got a cannon. Yeah, got a huge cannon. I think he'll go. I think he's a little bit overrated because I don't think that he should go really top eight, top seven. But, I mean, there's some quarterback-needed teams that are going to have to take quarterback in this draft. Plus, you got to remember that there's still the quarterback carousel going around. There's still quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo out there, like Baker Mayfield out there that are going to have to find new teams. So it's all going to come down to who's got who, who wants who. You know what I mean? I think Kenny Pickett is going to stay in the Rust Bowl, stay where he knows he's home, and that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, they drafted, or not drafted, picked up one of my favorite quarterbacks, Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's a baller. I think he uh, he got the wrong situation. Chicago was done dirty, and he gets a second opportunity here, but he's going to have to prove it, and going to prove it, especially when Pittsburgh drafts Kenny Pickett. Okay. I, why would Kenny Pickett, why would the Steelers draft Kenny Pickett after signing Mitch Trubisky? And I know I'm a Lions fan, but I actually love Mitch Trubisky. I think he could have a pretty solid uh, year or two in Pittsburgh just because Mike Tomlin, that whole, that whole situation, he's kind of being set up for success. Like, Steelers would probably have been a lot better if they had Mitch Trubisky last season. They probably could have been, like, a 12-5 and team. But I, I don't see – I really, like – I really just don't know where these quarterbacks are going to go, like – like the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and like I don't know if there's too many like I don't think the Lions will take a quarterback even if though I want them to take a quarterback I really can't think of many teams that like will draft a quarterback so early this uh this season well you said why would Pittsburgh draft pick if they have Trubisky the same reason uh the Bears got uh Andy Dolan and Nick Foles just to draft Justin Fields yeah 
I mean, same guy to have for the good five him, games, yeah. six games until you're really down in the season. You go, well, let's just put the rookie in and see how he does. And that's what Kenny Pickett, you know, he's the most NFL ready according to these scouts. And I think he's going to be ready once Trubisky, I love him, most accurate quarterback outside the pocket in 2018. That's about the only stat he's got going for him, though. And so eventually they're going to have to put Kenny Pickett in. And, you know, he's used to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh community loves him. And, you know, you said he got the small hands going to fumble, but he played in Pittsburgh and he didn't fumble too much then. You know, maybe it's the gloves, but he's used to playing in the cold when especially you're going to fumble more. But, yeah. I mean, and how – Sorry, I'm, I'm. I'm. First off, I'm a Pittsburgh fan. I. I like Kenny Pickett. I love. I like. I said at the beginning. I love Bolt season. I'm fine with it. Uh, but you. You got to give at least a chance, Trubisky. You know what I mean? You got to. If you're gonna sign him to this what two year deal, right? If you're gonna sign him to this two year deal, you got to give him at least a chance to prove himself. But like I like like Lynn said, you got to give him a chance, and you gotta you gotta put uh, Pickett back at least for a couple games, give Trubisky a chance. And Lyndon, how did it work out for the Bears? You know, signing, having Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, and then drafting Justin Fields. Rebuild still going. Still going, but it was stupid. Give him like, another three like, years. Everyone thought it was stupid, and it was stupid. And oh, what, what this league is. Plus, they had Matt Nagy. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, Ryan Poles. Come on. Okay, wait, wait, Nothing wait, wait, worked wait. there. Yeah. But what the what like this league has proven is like if you have a young quarterback and he's actually a guy, you got to throw him into the mud first week first. You got to get him in there playing because then they can progress. You know, if you're drafting a new quarterback, getting a new quarterback, you know your team's not going to be very good. You had to draft a new quarterback. You had to change up everything. And like I think a perfect example is Davis Mills. Davis Mills really pulled himself together. Like even though he's on the Texans, probably the worst roster in the NFL, but he really pulled himself together late in the season. Like they threw him in. And they just like, and he just kept progressing and kept playing. Like when Tyrod Taylor went out, and it just proves that like when you have a young guy who's very good, you just gotta throw him in and wait it out and let him let him figure out if he can play in this league or not. Also, I have a I have a hot take just right now. Davis Mills would have been a top would have been the top quarterback of this draft class and the top five pick if he stayed at Stanford for another year. Mm. I mean, but I mean, here's the thing. I have to just talk go back to the Kenny Pickett thing real quick. I mean, you talked about how Kenny Pickett, like his hands, like is that – I mean, every guy coming into the draft, there's always something bad about the prospect. But every NFL team that's going to draft someone needs to figure out if that bad thing doesn't matter. Like is it – I mean, people said Peyton Manning when he was coming into the NFL draft that his arm strength would be a factor, like would he be able to throw far enough. But that did that seem to matter? No. People said when they drafted John Elway to the Broncos that he was too strong and that his arm strength was just going to be just out of control and his accuracy was going to be terrible. Did that matter? No. They said Burrow had small hands too. Yeah, and Kyler Murray being too short. Good, but, great points. I know. I, I love Kenny Pickett. I'm a pick guy. I'm just saying I'd be scared to draft Kenny Pickett because his hands are just way smaller than the average average NFL quarterback. I'd say be worried. I think Malik Willis is still the best quarterback, should be taken first. 100%. And, like, don't be surprised when Kenny Pickett gets out there and starts fumbling the ball. You'll, you'll listen back here, like, oh, my God, he's starting to fumble the ball. What the? I mean, just here's the thing I don't like about Malik Willis. Kenny Pickett went to a good school. He went to pick. He, Pitt, I mean. But he played competition that was good. Malik Willis, where'd he go? Liberty? Yeah. I mean, the competition is just crazy from their colleges and what Malik Willis is used to. Does he have talent? Yes. But when he gets into the NFL, is that going to matter when he's going up against the best players in the world at football, coming from Liberty University? 
I mean, just the reps that he was getting in, the competition that he was used to, is that going to matter? Yes, no? Well, here's the thing as well. You look at Trey Lance, last last draft, I mean, a, a, an okay quarterback in the NFL. It's his rookie year, but you know what I mean? He went to North, Court, North Dakota State. That's not even the FBS. That's in the FCS. So you're talking about not good competition. I mean, it's not something that all the teams should look at primarily. Yes, you want to look at that, obviously, but that's not the primary thing that you should be looking at for a quarterback. Josh Allen, too. Wyoming, yep. And another thing that I think they should do is, even if they, like, whoever takes, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, the best QBs that pan out in the NFL, well, I think, like, with Pittsburgh did, they signed Mitchell Trubisky. What Atlanta did, they got Marcus Mariota. And if, they, if those two teams take a QB, they need to start either Mariota or Trubisky, let them go, and let these young QBs learn under them. Mm-hmm and get experience, get reps in, sort of like what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith and groom them. And when, he's, when they're ready to go, just let the bull out of the cage and let them go. I, I know what you mean. I see what you're saying. But I'm, I really just like it when they throw. When you, if you're going to draft a quarterback, throw him in there. It did work for Patrick Mahomes, yeah. But, like, I mean, like, you got to just throw him in there. you got to let him play. I don't really like how a team would. I wouldn't like if the Lions, like, re-signed golf. And then went and drafted a quarterback this season. Like it, it just feels like a waste of draft capital. You could get such a better player for your team there if you do that. Well, you got to think Pittsburgh too. Also signed Trubisky for like a two-year, yeah, ten yeah. million. Like he's super cheap. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously kind of just going to be this placeholder until they got a new person in their system and they can start him for the rest of their career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one team I want to bring up here in this is the Packers because, I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers back. They lost Devontae Adams. And years in the past, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been mad. And, I mean, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy at all, but I could see why he was mad in this type of situation where, I mean, he's getting older. They have a great team, but he needs one more weapon. And instead of taking a weapon, who do they take? Jordan Love. That messed up their whole draft. Aaron Rodgers was mad. And we've seen what Jordan Love has done in the in the past. Has he been a great QB? No, no, not at all. Horrible pick. And if they mess this draft up here, I I don't even know what Rodgers will do. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pat, apparently Aaron Rodgers knew that Devonte Adams was going to be traded before he signed, which I think it's an interesting. He probably just did it for the guaranteed money. Honestly, you kind of. But I mean, I still yeah, the Packers team will still be very good. They could probably find like if they could pull out like a Traylon Burks. Brees Hall, well, not out of Brees Hall. They have a running back, but like a Traylon Burks or a Garrett Wilson. I think that could be the star-studded duo. Uh, that would probably torch the lines for another <laughs> five, six years. But, I mean, it'll be interesting for sure. I don't really like the Packers. I love how the Packers play, but I don't like them. But I, I think they'll be fine whoever they pick. Just well, like, let me just say something real quickly first. If you went to Pittsburgh, you wouldn't have any of these two albums. You know, they would have the quarterback of their, of, for this year, right? They have one of the best defenses in the league one of the best coaching staffs in the league with Tom and now Flores as well. So you go there, I mean, you don't really have – I mean, the money's obviously going to be less, but, you know, that that happens. But, yeah. Well, Aaron Rodgers is selfish, and he's not a very good – I don't really like him, and I don't think a lot of people like him. So I like he him. wasn't doing – he probably should have yeah. gone to, like, a Pittsburgh or a San Francisco yeah. or something like that or, like, wherever, Tennessee, wherever, like – Denver, Cuba, yeah. Denver, yeah. Go back to his old OC. But, you know, that's just Aaron Rodgers. He's big – Big mean guy, you know. I mean, yeah, people 
I mean, even if you don't really know Aaron Rodgers, just, I mean, looking at his acting, when you look at him when he walks onto the field, he's got this old helmet, he's got this old beard, that plastic chin strap, and comes walking out there like the biggest geek on the field. I love Rodgers. I love you that guys really him. hate Rodgers, don't you? How do you him? love Rodgers? You guys Linda? hate Are you, you from Detroit? Hate. Like, you are, are, are you from Michigan? Why would you, you like Aaron Rodgers? I like him as a person. I think he's yeah, cool. Exactly. <laughs> you guys alliance. Oh, my God. Linda, no, you are not. I, I can't. I, I, I'm taking. I'm personally taking. I'm going to send it up to the board talking about Linden's validation card of being a Bears fan, saying he loves Aaron Rodgers. That is easily the worst take on this podcast, probably in like the history of this podcast. So you're saying someone from a rivalry can't like a different team from a rivalry? I like him as a, pl- I like him as yeah. a guy. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Player, I think he's yeah. a cool guy. You know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers Tuesdays, my favorite thing to tune into. Exactly, yeah. Mm-mm. That is just I, – I got no words for that. <laughs> I mean – Oh, this is the thing that just makes me not like Aaron Rodgers at all. Is just the fact. I mean, back in remember when they had Mike McCarthy? I mean, this is the coach that took that team to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers when he was younger. They had Charles Woodson, that awesome team, and Rodgers. They had a little dispute, and Rodgers gets McCarthy fired, and that's the rumor. And I'm like, why would you do that to a coach? That just like he basically he was with you when you won a Super Bowl. Like why? Well, well, so, well so, sometimes it's not a coach who takes you to Super Bowl. It's like the, the players and the actual team. Like, I mean, McCarthy's it, clearly it, not that yeah. coach. If you've seen him on the Cowboys all the past couple of years, you know he's not that good. Lafleur is that guy though. Yeah, Lafleur is very good. Yeah, yeah, McCarthy was just not that guy. No. I don't really no. like McCarthy. I don't blame Rodgers for that. But I still can't believe Lyndon as a Bears fan is like I like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's beat <laughs> my team every year. He's like. He's made, he's made. I don't get hung up on those things. I like him as a guy. I, think I just cool. don't think I don't think you could be a real Bears fan by, and say you like Aaron. Hey, Rodgers. take my card away then. <laughs> I will. I, I think everyone will take it to Twitter. <laughs> I'll be a free agent then. Yeah, I just can't believe Lennon. I mean, you're from Michigan and you and you're like the Bears. I have no alliances. I like players. <laughs> wow, but I mean, are you guys actually Lions fans? I am. Well, I mean, uh, my favorite team is the I'm Cowboys. Sorry. Okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get hate for that, but deserved. <laughs> I gotta admit, I mean, my second favorite team is the Lions. I'm from Michigan. You gotta I'm love sorry. your hometown team. You gotta love them. I'm I mean, sorry, the guys. Lions, pro- arguably the worst franchise in NFL history, but you gotta love the Lions. Take the arguably out. Yeah, and any. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Lions fan too. Homegrown, just you know, it's who you root for. You don't. You, I don't get to decide where I'm born. You know, I had family from Ohio. I could have been. Browns fan, Cincinnati fan, but I'm a Lions fan, and that's just how it is. That's I'm how sorry, I love no. it. I'm sorry. Uh, there's nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> I still got the Pistons, the Tigers, the Wings. You know? But you, you can you can choose who you root for. You don't have to root for your hometown team. Well, there's just no integrity in uh, there's no integrity in not rooting for your hometown team. I got no allegiances to Detroit. Oh boy. Oh well. Now, that that's not uh, you can't be saying that after you sung Gridiron Heroes after they scored the game winning touchdown against the Vikings, London. Oh well. It was the place to be. I had fun. Poser. Pretender. Call yeah. me anything you want. I love Kirk Cousins too. Yes, Un- sir, go green. Unfortunately, everyone, I mean, that's all we have for today, all the time we got. Real quick, I want to give a shout out to the man, Kenny G, Kent Gilbert. Our next and last episode of Sweet Seats will be hosted by Anthony Schultze on Thursday. They will be talking about, I believe, March Madness, some NBA drafts, some more NFL draft, and it will be the season finale, like I said. And that's it. Have a good one.